With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Sunday, July 5th. We're recording the Williams and Bloom quarantine podcast the it's no longer literal i'm out of quarantine bloom you have escaped yeah uh friday was technically my last day so i'm just how how are things going for you i haven't really talked to you all weekend no it's fine i i'm not really gonna go out because people are scared of me (laughs) it's like the truth man i i went out and i had a mask on i just went to casey's the other day and like you could see people like see me and they'd like turn around and just get the hell out of the way which how is, are you how are your symptoms and i'm good everything going health-wise better? i'm just really super duper tired all the time but other than that i'm fine that and like i've been telling people when they ask me it's a hell of a lot better than being hooked up to a ventilator so keep your perspective yeah. right yeah that's a good way to put it yeah, how was the uh, Bloom family trip to what Minnesota or where? Well, yeah, so it's right on the edge. So it's Armstrong, Iowa, Fairmont, Minnesota, family in both spots, and it's where my in-laws are. It was good. It was a nice change of scenery. You know, we've been really in Des Moines for the last three and a half months, so to go somewhere else, it just kind of yeah. needed it from a from a health perspective, just to you know get a different light of things and it was good it was nice and actually i played some golf i saw uh, you played 18 alone played 18 alone it was glorious i highly recommend that who would not think of that to do it was great there was nobody in front of me so i got done in just over 210 it was awesome so really nice course up in fairmont minnesota but it was nice it was got to see some family got to see some of uh, my wife's grandparents at a social distance they, i mean that's the tough part is yeah uh, my both my wife's grand grandmothers are are still with us, and you know they haven't they haven't been able to see anybody. So we were able to at least see them through uh, you know a glass window, and it was nice just to say hi. But like my wife says, like afterwards, I just wanted to give them both a hug, and I can't. So I mean that part is so difficult. But. Yeah, that's so hard to try and explain to with our with with Cameron at five. Yeah, I mean, when we we I mean we quarantined as a family when I came down with it, obviously. So that means you know we were assuming she had it, even though she didn't technically get tested. Yeah. They, they actually yeah. don't recommend to test your kids unless they've had a, you know, their symptoms and the direct exposure and all that. But um, anyways, um, yeah, that's that that's the hard part. Uh, we'll get into this week in quarantine slash COVID nineteen. 
Lively week. It has been a lively week. Um, and I, I, I want to start things off today. Uh, not good news, but I want to, um, you know, honor a really uh, special friend of mine, uh, Brent. Uh, Brent, you know Steve Kemp, right? I do. I do. Yeah. And he, Steve is maybe the greatest supporter we have at Cyclone Fanatic. He, I don't know if he's missed a single party of ours. He's constantly doing things for our uh, charitable uh, works. Uh, he's constantly just going upon himself to, you know, be a great guy in our community. And Steve lost his wife, uh, oh. Judy, earlier this week, uh, actually on Independence Day. And uh, I thought it would be fitting to give Steve a shout out and make him our patron of the week. He's been a supporter of what we do long before we started doing the Patreon and the premium. And um, really, since our our listeners and our readers decided to save our ass when, when COVID hit and we lost 86% of our revenue. Yeah. Um, and Steve, Steve Kemp is, uh, man, he... He did a deal when we were in um, Orlando this year, just randomly decided he wanted to do a fundraiser. He's constantly trying to help us with our causes. And he, I, to, I told him today, I go, Steve, I think of you like family, and I, and I mean that. And uh, so our thoughts and prayers are with him and his wife, Judy, and um, their entire family. But, yeah, she's been uh, fighting lung cancer for a really long time. And, um, so that Steve is our, our, our patron of the week. Steve could just, we, we could basically Brent just give Steve an entire like banner ad on the website. He's yeah. been so great to us over the years. You, you could name, name it the Steve Kemp patron of the week, really. I mean, as <laughs> yeah. much as you're really, I mean, you're true. If, it, if there was a uh, Mount Rushmore for Cyclone fanatic members, he's on it. No doubt. For sure. All the, and what he's done and people don't even notice, but he's very active in the ticket arena too. And always looking to help out cyclones, but he won't do it for his own profit. He just he wants never makes more cyclones money. to see. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't make money from it. He just is interested in it. Um, and he's helped out family members of mine numerous times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I even don't know where to go, like I, I bet Steve will help me out. So uh, Steve's one of the great ones. And uh, sorry to hear about his wife and thoughts and prayers with him and his family. Steve's son, Mike, is uh, helping us with are um, some podcasting stuff too. And he, he does a great job. So the, it's a, this is a tough one. And I, my uh, heart broke this morning when I, when I got that news. So we, we love Steve and everybody out there and uh, Cyclone Nation listening, feel free to give Steve your best. I should probably give his username too, because that's how most people Brent probably know him and yeah, very very active. They've probably had conversations with Steve before and didn't even know that they were talking to Steve. I want to just make sure I get it right. It's kind of a it's kind of a different um, type of name. I'm going to pull that up for us here and we'll give that to you. But um, nonetheless, Bloom, it was an active week with the COVID with the COVID nineteen. Um, so I got out of quarantine, but it seems like um, all hell is has kind of broken loose for the second time here. Um, it, it, you know, it doesn't feel like it did in March in the sense that, but real quick, Steve's username is um, C-Y-C-S-K, C-Y-C-S-K, uh, and, and I'm sure a lot of people will recognize that. But um, we're, we're getting spikes all over the country. Um 
whatever people can make of that what they want i want to get into some extra financial stuff with some of these universities but i kind of wanted to start the conversation today by a tweet you put out this morning and when i saw it i go row that's gonna that's gonna cause some feedback but that's what we want we want good conversation i'm gonna read it to you you tweeted perhaps i'm over sensitive but does it seem like a portion of the sports media are not wanting these sports restarts to succeed what do you mean by that well, it struck me this morning, and maybe it's because of the morning after the fourth. And you know, as I do, I'm scrolling Twitter, and it just seemed like one story after another is this player test positive, this player test positive. Yeah. Um, you know, Sean Doolittle of the Nats thinks that sport should be a reward for a functioning society, and ours isn't functioning right now. And um, should we be? Are, are we being skeptical enough of sports restarting? It was just like. 15 stories in a row and it was just like yeah. man it was a lot um and i know that everyone everyone's coming from a good place and they're trying to share the news not everyone i mean no, I, I, just, I think it's fair to say that some people probably aren't and i understand and maybe i'm, I'm being naive here that that you know this isn't going to go off without a hitch um and and i just i don't think we can restart these sports and expect to have no positive cases and no. to get the news that's breaking every single time there's a positive case it's just like i'm not trying to bury my head in the sand i know it's happening but at the same time it's just like one after another and it's like what what's our end goal here because i just it just seems like we are promoting the worst possible scenarios here. And yet I'm what's Chris, what I'm struggling with is like, what's happened to some of the other, you know, have there been recoveries from athletes? Like what's happened to the PGA players that tested positive? What about all those Clemson players um, and those LSU players? Are they okay? Like you hear the positives, but what you, we don't follow up with them. It's just like one thing after another. And I don't know. It just struck me this morning. Like, I think there's some people who want the, the out the outlandish story to latch onto and maybe expecting and wanting not wanting but but really thinking this isn't going to work and so we're going to make sure to share everything so it doesn't work you know what what struck me today you know what you're talking about reminds me of uh it goes back to the bill finley nicky moody situation a few years ago this one um drove me crazy and it still does to this day the amount of time and inches in the paper that was spent reporting on everything about that case. And then Finley was essentially cleared and how much time got spent on it after that. That's the one that really I I always kind of use as an example. I know exactly what you mean. Now let me defend the media for a moment. Yeah, please. Cause I I think this is a really good conversation because I'm not, I'm not trying to be naive here and say, no, just play on. Like it's just the flu. Cause I realize it's not, and you would be the perfect one. Yeah. I got to illustrate. It's not just the flu. Um, I I just, I think we, if you're just going, well, this isn't going to work, like cancel it all. Like there's a lot more to this. Do you remember like three, four weeks ago when we were doing this podcast and I told you that I was really confused as the publisher of Cyclone Fanatic on how to report on this? Do you remember yeah. having that conversation? Yeah, yeah. And and I do think at some point, and I, I think we'll get there. I think that either these athletic departments or you do it through like university news releases need to do like a weekly. And, and I think some are doing this. Right now it's been pretty random. We've seen it at Iowa. 
this week. Iowa State's been very upfront about it. If you if you ask, I almost think that to um, if I was advising the athletic departments uh, across the country, it would be to just be transparent about it and put it out in the form. on your own. Yeah, that's how I would do it because I, I'm telling like right now, um, like so I'm. You know, I oversee Jared Stansberry, and he, he's kind of our lead reporter now. And I would tell him, yeah, we probably need to report on it every time there's a different news because um, because if we don't, then you're and, – and I saw certain people responding to you be like, well, you're covering up a public health crisis. Like, of course yeah. – right, not, not in those exact words, but that's what they were insinuating. You're trying to kill my grandma, that type of deal. And um, that's not what you're doing either. It, it is. It's a rather difficult decision to make. I don't think it's. Um, I'm just now. I'm just talking about the reporting of the cases. I'm not talking about the greater opinion type pieces that I think yeah. you were mainly referencing. But yeah. it is rather difficult to know. Like okay, every piece comes out. Do I need to do something with? Um, I think that if if the media knew that media relations was going to put out a release every Friday at noon or every Monday at noon, I think it would cut down on some of that. So I think that there's blame to be placed both sides here. I don't even really like to say blame because I just think that um, from a tactical standpoint on getting just the information, again, not the opinion pieces that, that you're referencing, this is brand new for everybody. Nobody's gone through this before. I think there's some feeling out, and I'd be shocked. It's July 5th right now. If by August 5th, when these fall camps are going on and students are starting to trickle back onto campus, I think they're just going to have to be transparent with it. Don't you? Don't you think that, that that's going to have to be a thing? For sure, but I think also with the realization that there's going to be these positive cases. And yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know what the correct answer is because yeah, you have to you, you report the story. I get it. Like it, it really puts – I'm not blaming like individual members of me for reporting this because it is news. I'm just trying to – I just wish there was more nuance to, you know, what what's the follow-up here? Like what, mm-hmm. what has happened to these players that have tested positive? And, mm-hmm. you know, because I think there's this, this feeling. It's hard with HIPAA too. Yeah, and it is, and there's actually now, and baseball's going through this right now where some players don't want their name out there, others do. And so when, like, uh, I don't remember what team it was, but they, like, a quarter of the roster wasn't practicing right now. I wonder why. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're not just... No doubt. They're, they're not just not showing up to work. I mean, you can kind of put the pieces together, but it's just really going to be difficult, especially, you know, and it, it, you're going to have spurts of this. Like, baseball opened up camp, so everyone's getting tested. And so the first wave will usually be the largest. Um, but my concern is, Chris, honestly, let's, let's move this to college sports. Iowa State, the students will report largely, was it the second week of August? Iowa State as an institution is going to test every single student that enters the dorms. So that'll be roughly 10,000 students will get tested. If, if we do a percentage here, Let's say, I mean, like 8% of the nation right now is testing positive for COVID when they get tested. Okay. If we extrapolate that out, that's what 800 students, 800 cases at Iowa State will pop up in, you know, a two-day span. (laughs) What do we do then? I mean, that's a, that would literally double, more than double Story County's total number of COVID cases in one day. I mean, do we, do we look at like why this happened or do we just look at the number and go, Oh my gosh, look at this explosion of cases, shut it all down. So, Um, 
I mean, I just think you gotta you gotta look at and, some of the factors of why this is happening. And and another thing too, that now that I've gone through this, that I mean, I can give a firsthand account to that we have a major problem where we're just not equipped for this. And before I say this, I want to I'm not blaming individual healthcare workers here. Our system's not set up. We, we've never gone through this before right. in modern day. So, like, it, it comes from the top down. It, it's a little bit – I get frustrated when, um, you know, oftentimes people will just um, just go after, like, local – like, let's say the Register of the Ames Tribune, right, For because they don't have as many reporters. I, yeah. I saw an Ames High admin ripping the Ames Tribune on Twitter the other day. Because they didn't have somebody at their baseball game. Well, you know what? Like 10 years ago, the Ames Trib had six sports writers. Now they have two. One and a half. Yeah, yeah. like one. Like they, at some point, you, you can't just blame the guys on the ground. Like they're working 60-hour weeks for $25,000 a year, okay? Like not like at some point. like So I, I, what I'm saying is going off a little bit here. But like I'm not blaming like – local nurses and local doctors. They don't have any control over this, okay? But there's no reason why I started having COVID symptoms on late on a Friday night and I couldn't get yeah. tested until Monday at 1. Yeah. Like, now I was smart and I started to quarantine and I didn't spread it. Still, I don't know of the single person who could have gotten it from me. Everybody's tested negative. Not everybody's like that. On top of that, so my wife tests ne- test negative she needs to get another test before she can go back to work to ensure that she's negative again. Brent, it was like pulling teeth to be able to get her a second test. Like you're doing it for the sake of others. She had to go like four different routes and we had to pay for it to, to get her tested for the second time. So my, my greater point is, is we lead into this like colleges opening back up. We don't even have it figured out like on a, local level right now, let alone bringing 10,000 college students onto a campus. Yeah. And I guess, which this is a conversation I, I, I think is good to have, you know, if we're looking out for the safety of these players, the players, families and extended families and student athletes and their Coaches, families, administrators, the referees, people, I mean, yeah. that, this is the end goal, right? Like, nobody wants these anybody involved with this to get sick because of a sport or a game, like, of course. But I think there's an argument to be made that perhaps with as much as the virus cases have ticked up, um, you you know, having that control and that bubble around professional sports, especially could the argument be made that those players and players, families may actually be safer in, in that environment. I mean, Unless you're just told – because these, these players are testing positive, Chris, and they're not even in the bubble yet. Like, they're getting it from somewhere. So who's to say that that's, that's safer than playing? Like, I think this virus is not going to go away. It's not going to go away in the near future. It's there. And I think if you have to deal with the ramifications, you can shut down sports, sure. Okay, that probably does something. But I don't, I don't know ultimately what that helps if the virus is still out there. And I think if you can control it on your end, the NBA will have its bubble. Major League Baseball will do what they can. And then college sports, if you can contain that to a campus and not just out in the local community, I, and, and you're, you're testing and you're tracing, you're doing all that, 
mean, ultimately, I think you could make the argument that may be a better situation for everybody involved. But I don't know. I mean, this is new for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, my point wasn't to, you know, be like, hey, fake news media. No, I know. But but I think it's it, the it's, tone. It's, it's just the, right. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like cheering against sports happening. And it just it just struck me today that. I mean, maybe it's because I want sports back and, and to be normal again, and, and I'm probably having my head in the sand here, but it, it was just the tone of it. You're right. Yeah, I think that there's a – I think that reporting just case numbers as is is one thing, and I think that there's been some tone that, that – and, and I think that we'd be idiots to, to not acknowledge the fact that a lot of this is largely political. It's, yeah, I think so. – I mean, it's part – it, it, it just is. I mean – It is. It is, and um, you know, but I think these college campuses will have a really difficult time in the next five weeks because these cases are going to go through the roof on these college campuses just because they're going to be testing everybody. And then what do you do? Like I, the there's going to be the administrators of these college campuses are going to have to have a really thick skin because if if You're right. five to five to ten percent of your student population test positive for COVID when they get on campus that's going to be huge headlines, huge, huge headlines. And then what do you do with it? Well, and, and I don't know what is being th- like for real though. Like if you go up to Ames right now, can you go to like Patty's on a Tuesday night? Like I we used to do. I think so. So like my, and that's like your summer session, right? Whatever. Right. Do they even have school right now? I don't even know. It's, all, it's online. All, so. every Okay. So likely that's not an issue now. But you bring all those kids like so me like for my instance like I went my 14 days and by the way I'm still not I would say I'm at like 65 70 percent right now I don't have any bad symptoms but like just walking up my stairs I feel like I've run two miles so like that's how it impacted me a lot of these cases so let's say day one check into campus um, you're an asymptomatic case okay so you, you got to start your quarantine clock or whatever. Like, are these juniors in, in from Minneapolis going to not go? Like, if, they, if they're completely normal, like, will, they're, they, they're will they be sound of the mind enough to just stay in quarantine? Well, good, good question. I know for at least those in the dorm, Iowa State's plan is, and I don't think it's finalized yet, but I think the, the thought was they would move those in the residence halls. Again, Iowa State can only control so much here. Like, if you're living off campus, it's yeah. a little bit different situation. But for those in the dorms, if you do test positive, they will have basically dorms dedicated to those that test positive. Oh, my God. I don't know if they're going to, like... What a logistics put, nightmare for Yeah, them. it is. I feel but terrible that, for people in charge of that. It's going to be really difficult. But I think it's what you have to do. And then there'll be, you know, some tiered classes. And I don't know the exact number of days that these students will need to be in quarantine. But obviously, he's going to try and do what it can. But I'm, I'm sorry. Just saying, like, this isn't going to work. From a news perspective, it's going to it's gonna go gangbusters in four weeks. And then I think the administrators really have to be, you know, ready for it. Because people are going to be calling for school to shut down and then sports as well. But, I mean. I hope I I'm think- wrong. This isn't going to work. <laughs> They're, they're trying. They're going to try, and they have to try. Yeah. There's no other way to around it. Like, you, if if these schools go back to online only, it's just it, the ramifications are not good. I'm Alex Rodriguez. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So that's a good way. Uh, let's, let's lean into more of the college football um, talk right here. And this was the article that I sent you earlier today. Uh, I want to make sure that I publish uh, Sportico is, and I'd never heard of this site. Yeah. They're same. That place. Re- that's really well written. That's a great website. If you're into um, like the business of sports and it's literally, it's called Sportico, the business of sports, but I discovered it. There was a guy on our forum who uh, posted this article and I, I appreciate that. So, uh, you were talking about just like the university, you know, how it's going to impact the university if we don't have students on campus. I hadn't thought of this, but remember last week we talked about Under Armour and UCLA and how we thought that there would probably be more of that type of discussion to come. Um, so I did read a report today in USA Today, and I don't want to get too deep into this because we both work for Learfield IMG College, but yeah. um, there's now um, rights. It looks like there's going to be some rights wars between Learfield and certain um, – like they're basically wanting to renegotiate because things have changed, and I, I don't necessarily blame them. I, I think the, you can't – I don't think you can charge the same amount like if you're – uh, let's say you're the rights holder for North Carolina and you mm-hmm. didn't get, or not that, not then this year, Duke. Okay. And you didn't get the NCAA tournament. Like, I mean, to, you're, you're not receiving the same amount of value. I can see why under armor when you're paying UCLA $230 million, that's a lot. That's a record breaking deal. I could see why they may want to renegotiate if there's not going to be fans in the stands looking at those beautiful powder blue under armor jerseys. Okay. Well, and then all those other companies. Yeah. Um, so Learfield controls the in arena signage. Yes. And and so not only just radio and TV advertising, but yeah. Even if there's thirty thousand fans in Jack Trice Stadium, it's a major. You it's know, not the same. you can't sell it the same. Correct. So you shouldn't have. They're saying we shouldn't have to pay the same amount of annual fees for these rights. Essentially. Yeah. Um, I had not gone this deep. But this Sportico piece is very informative, and I will tweet this out at Chris M. Williams on Twitter. But a lot, what a lot of people don't understand about the athletic departments, Brent, in these Power Five schools, is they'll say, "Well, I mean, you're you're getting forty million dollars a year from the Big Ten television rights. You got plenty of money." You're right. That is very correct. There is plenty of money. But in order to say tax exempt, you have to show a zero at the end of the year is at least what you want to do. These athletic departments are still tax exempt because they are part of the higher education. That That's a decent way to describe it, right? Yeah, I don't know all the tax okay. reasons, but long story. But yes, most are okay. near their, their revenue expenses ultimately are pretty close to zero. Most of them are in a decent amount of debt. These athletic departments not, um, facilities. Yes. Cost the, money. The facilities. And 
here part of the like it's it's hard to go out and get a 200 million dollar loan not anybody or any company can just go out and be like hey we're going to build a new stadium we need 250 million dollars right well how do you get those loans well a lot of them go through municipal bonds um this is very um inside wall street type stuff um, again, you guys can go through and read this, but if you don't know what a municipal bond is, it's basically, um, like going through it's, it's actually, I, I've always found it to be a really good conservative type investment. If you're an older person, because, um, basically you're, you're funding these, um, like these cities and stuff. Well, am I describing it right? But they will basically give you the loan and then it gets paid back on interest and you make money and it's a, it's a secure income type deal for a lot of more conservative type investors. Yeah. Without speaking totally out of turn. I mean, I think you're in the, yeah, I'm in the ballpark where it's, you don't get the same return as you would from the stock market per se or an equity, but it's usually you'll probably ratings are good. Two, three yeah. percent, but it's guaranteed. You know you're going to get that back because of the deals you've made are locked in. It's like when you have a mortgage. Uh, you agree to a certain mortgage rate, and you're going to pay that. And whoever finances your mortgage is getting that interest, and that's how they make money. That's how these municipal bonds work with these college athletic departments. In this piece, um, again, Brent, nothing I had thought of. Um, cause I didn't really understand how this debt worked, but let's use Cal. They are the, um, they are the shining star of this article. Cal currently owns $438 million worth of debt on their facilities. They make they an animated an, their stadium. They make an annual interest, uh, or they make an annual debt service payment of $19.1 million. Well, what happens if you don't have a college football season? you're not going to have the $19.1 million. And the article goes through and and has all sorts of sources, some on the record, some not, about how these municipal uh, bond dealers basically are getting really nervous about this. One of, the, one of the schools featured is the University of Iowa. They had a planned $15.4 million bond offering um, that was going to back the University of Iowa and facility facilities, and uh, the whole thing got blown up because of this very reason. Long story short, we've got the Under Armour UCLA deal. Now we have this story, and even more proof as to what we've been saying for months: they will play college football. They have to play college football. It's more of how in the hell is this going to work and look. And this article even says, Brent, that even if it's um, empty stadiums and you're still getting the TV revenue, or even if it's at you know half the stadium, it's still making these debt lenders very nervous to work with these athletic departments. Yeah, and I think that that's what ties back into my uh, tweet from this morning about the media rooting against it. Because, I, I, I Chris, I'm with you. Sports are going to happen. They really are because they almost need to um, in a lot of ways for these schools, these professional leagues to continue to operate. Um, and so I think there's, there's a major incentive that they just can't say, Oh, we've got to be overly cautious here and shut it down. I, I think they have to go forward down because of reasons like this. And it's Iowa state's not, uh, is also in this ballpark. They have some debt service. Um, they've done a really good job, honestly, compared to some of these other schools for the, 
what they've gotten for the projects. I mean, what they did with that south end zone, uh, as much as as good as that looks and how much that changes the stadium for how, as much as it costs, it's pretty crazy if you compare it to other uh, major facilities projects. And they, the major facility project being built right now, um, the fundraising went really well for that. So I think there's probably some debt service, but not a lot there. I think Pollard's if any. done a pretty good job of getting creative. I mean, just look at like yeah. the Suka facility, where that's located, the golf facility, where that's located. You find cheaper areas of land that you can maybe get yeah. donated and you get creative with it. But, but going forward, you're not going to have major facilities projects, Chris. I mean, you're just not like this. It They will stop until you get back on solid footing. And the same could be said for, huge raises for college football and basketball coaches when you're really going to have to tighten the staff. And I think even some of the staff members in the athletic departments, you know, they they have every right to be nervous about jobs going forward. Not, not your head coaches and things like that, but there's athletic departments have grown a lot in size because the money has increased. And so you've, you've been able to build out more staff, but you know, the way this is trending, if there's only half capacity, Plus, you've got these other renegotiated contracts potentially, and you know maybe your interest rate will go up on debt service. It just, you know, it adds up, and so college sports are going to look different outside of this pandemic, and that's why we talked about on this on this quarantine podcast. You start looking at, you know, scheduling more regionally, um, doing less air travel, some of less recruiting travel potentially. You know, I, all, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm nervous yeah. if I'm like a Mac school right now. Because well, you just the, you are, saw, a couple, are, I mean, are you going to pay Eastern Michigan to come a million dollars to come play you now when you can well, do a home and home with Nebraska or you know I'm just throwing out another regional school? And then you're going to have the TV networks wanting more quality inventory on top of it. Like, yeah, yeah. you're right, and and you're seeing some of the Mac schools already reduce sports, and that's what's good. A lot of these that'll be kind of the first thing to drop. You'll you'll cut. You've already cut salary a lot of these places. You saw Iowa uh, do that this week which was interesting, some of the reaction from them uh, when Iowa State announced the same thing uh, three months ago, that, oh, Iowa would never do this. But, yeah, don't even start. Uh, uh, but yet you just – these are – yeah, it's – if you're an AD right now, you're feeling it. And without – like Jamie Pollard said, there's there's a couple of stages, and if there's no college football, you're in an ice age. And it really would be that bad. Um, and so I think it will – I think college football is happening. I, I'm – I am confident that is happening, but I think there's going to be some logistical nightmares along the way and some media political pushback too. There's no doubt about the uh, media and political pushback that that is absolutely going to happen. And it's, have you noticed it though, Chris, as we get closer and closer to these things, these major sports starting the the sound has, has amplified from the, from the chorus of pushback. Like, I don't think that's a, that's a random occurrence here. Nor do I, and I, I think that it'll get worse when we get closer to November too. I mean, it's Here. you know, I, I I don't think it's a coincidence that you know the political headlines picked up this week, and and then USC and you know California, which is a very you know liberal state, um, clamped down, and that, I I just I have a hard time believing that the that that type of pressure isn't going to continue to on both sides as we lead up to November. Yeah. And it's going to be an interesting few weeks. And I, I mean, if, if you're a college football fan, watch closely that MLB, NBA, NHL go, because quite honestly, if they don't, 
if they get postponed, it's going to be tough for college sports to give the green light. And so, I mean, I, I almost think, Chris, you need those three. And any, if any one of them says, nope, we're putting the kibosh on it, good luck being a college sports program right now because the dominoes have to line up that way. And, you know, it's one thing to cancel, you know, a, a PGA Tour or NASCAR, though I think they're largely as immune as any of these sports. But if one of those big three dominoes fall, I think I think college sports will have a really rough go in the fall of starting up. So something to keep an eye on. Um, well said. All right, uh, moving on. Let's get to just a little bit of Iowa State football here before we finish up. Uh, I had a really good couple of conversations last week. I was just so, you know me, I can't sit still for too long. And I'm like, all right, I got to figure out what the heck's going on here. I got a really good report on the status of the team. And those of you who subscribe to our Cyclone Fanatic uh, Patreon page at $10 or more a month or the premium message board, um, you, you guys got this last week, but I got a really strong report on the type of shape that the team showed up back in, uh, the type of shape that the the freshmen are in. And, uh, you know, one source print told me, honestly, if I didn't know any better, I think that we're in the best shape that we've been in since, and this was a Campbell staffer, since I've been on the staff here, is what he told me. So what does that mean? Probably not much. Uh, It is July 5th, but that's better than getting news of, oh, my God, what the hell have our guys been doing? Uh, it wasn't that, and I, I think that quarterback, number 15, has been leading a lot of player-driven stuff um, from what I understand in the offseason. Um, the specific report that I got is that the the offensive and defensive lines are looking really big at this point. Now, I think that the new strength coach may have had something to do with that. They did get all winter with him. Um, but, again, uh, I'm not going to go and crown Iowa State as a Big 12 champion right now, but I will say that news is better than the alternative. Yeah, and I think uh, that's why when you tie back into this whole conversation, I would really gotta like play. there to be cyclone football this year because I think this team – it just it's set up to be really really good, Chris. And I do too. You know, it, it, I have again, a different feeling than I did last year. At this point, well, and I thought they'd be pretty, good last year, but I didn't think that they could be like ten win good. I think this year could be ten win good. And and you're pretty tied in with people that are honest with you, and they're yes, yeah. the, especially with this staff, they're not prone to a whole lot of hyperbole. For, no. So for you to get that, then they'll tell um, you we suck. Yeah, <laughs> this staff will. They, I've been in I've been in conversations with staff that'll literally be like, eh, yeah. you know, I don't know about this guy or I don't yeah. know about this this unit. But that, I haven't heard that. I mean, I was, and we didn't really get spring practice either, Chris. So that's kind of the. It's good to hear that that things are are looking the part. And but if you just look at the numbers and the depth chart and all the returning guys, plus you get Purdy back and. Yeah, I, I think this season has has a chance to be very, very special. So it's encouraging to see that things are on track. And, man, I just really hope there's a season. Yeah, it, it's really hard for me not to go, and I won't do it because if Matt Campbell heard me do it, he'd, he'd want to whoop my ass. But um, it's really hard for me not to go like, oh, this is the most Iowa State thing ever. We're going to have our best team in my lifetime. 
and go to the Sugar Bowl and fans won't be able to go. Or, like, you know, <laughs> Iowa State's yeah. going to be ranked in the top 10 and heading into November and fans won't be able to be there. It's hard for me not to go there. And it, it's not productive. I'm not going to do it, um, I, even though I just did. But it's, oh, it's, it is a bummer, though, man. Like, it, uh, there's clearly, especially I just went through COVID and I was worried sick about my daughters. Like, you know, like I've, so I, we have perspective here. Don't, don't tweet at us about not having, per- we have it. But like out of very basics, like we want our Cyclones to play football and we want to be able to watch. And I, and, and I think this could be a really special year. And I, I actually, you know, I'm. I've got my Big 12 media poll that I got to get done here in the next yep. week, and I might pick Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. I'm, I'm not confident in the team this year. I don't think it's unreasonable. I mean, you've seen some. Just look at look at if you get bored when, when you're at home working remotely. Just look at Iowa State's name still on the roster. And like, oh yeah, I forgot that guy's still. Look at the D line alone. Yeah, it's wild. Um, like I, I, I put something on the message boards last week. I'm like, well. You know, somebody was posting something about any Owazirike's weight gain. Like, well, I, will that guy, you know, really be a defensive end? It's like, well, they've got other options at DN now. They may want to play him inside quite a bit more this year. I'm guessing he'll be three technique would be my guess. Right. I would, I would agree with you. But then it's like, yeah, because they want to get McDonald on the field. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But also they've got Peterson too. Like, it's just guy after guy. And that's not to mention the other Peterson so, that registered last year who is – has been, uh, you know, a I, physical freak too. I heard that the Corey Subtle That's is another name. a total freak show. Yep. It's just, and now they're at the point where they've had a full, this is now their recruiting class. Like it's, it's five years in and every single position has really, really solid depth that they're excited about. And it, but, but Chris, I'm with you. I, I was looking today. We're eight weeks from the first college football weekend. Not, not Iowa State's first game, but you know, they have like four games. Yeah. Like on the week, week zero. zero. Yeah. What, we got to figure this stuff out. It does not feel like that. No. I mean, it's just like July 4th happened. I'm like, what? Like it feels like it felt like Memorial day almost because we didn't really have a spring. I don't know. I'm my, my dates are all jacked up. <laughs> yeah, but, no, you're right. It, Usually two weeks from today, I'm I'm arriving in Dallas for the Big Twelve Media Days, and it and normally by then I I try and basically have like not memorized but a working knowledge of every starter in the Big Twelve Conference. But like I, I'm studying these magazines and blah. I I mean I have my Athlon and I have a Street and Smiths, but I barely even come through them, and it just. It seems really irrelevant right now, even though I'm yes. still just as interested. But I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to put all this time into it if the season isn't going to start until November. That's the, that's it right there. That's absolutely it. It's like you, you're almost putting up your own defense mechanism beforehand. But, I mean, we would be gung-ho about college football um, any other year. But now it's just like, well, you know, let's be, let's be sure about this first. And it's weird because it's Iowa State's first game is nine weeks away. Uh, but like it's it's not that far away, and yet I, I haven't seen a whole lot from the leagues either. Of you know how are we going to handle you know what when I, these cases happen, and I, there's a lot that needs to be done. According to I a piece that. I read in Sports Business Journal, they're really looking at like July 15th. See, so I mean, <laughs> week I'm going to be on vacation. All hell is going to break loose. Um, 
but that's like a, apparently like what what is very much circled. So if you're a fan out there and you're wanting, I, I mean, I I don't think they can go much longer than that, Brent, without making the logistical decisions on fans and yeah. and all that stuff. Well, fans, and then if you test positive, how long are you out? Like, I, I just think there's, and then really. I, I think it be completely football centric and not worry about anything else. Depth will matter this year or could. I mean, if you, if you get five or six positive cases, I mean, I don't know. Are you, they going like, to make you, you contact, not play? Uh, you contact trace then. Do you not let anybody play? I mean, what that's do you what do, I mean. Right? Like, cause that's how like they're doing it in high school baseball and stuff. Right. Right. And I don't know if you can do that. Like baseball's doing, which I think basketball is the same way is if you test positive, you're isolated. There's no timetable for how long you have to sit, but you have to have two negative tests and back to back days. So, I mean, I, I don't know how long that would be, but I, I'm just saying, Chris, that there's a lot of things you got to work through. And I, this is why I get why some of the media is like, well, I don't see how this is actually going to work. But the part they're ignoring here is, the fact that it has to work like it, it, yeah, it just, there's all the motivation in the world to make it work. Yeah. And I think from, a, from a lot of different angles and you know, I, and I think just to wrap it up a little bit, what yeah. the, the tone that bothers me a lot of times is like, Oh, you know, you dumb sports fans, you know, who cares about a little game here and there when we're in the middle of a public health crisis. And it, I, I think you really diminish kind of the population's appreciation for something and love of something just because it's not, you know what you agree with, or you think the, the people are too dumb to figure it out on their own and they, and they won't wear a mask, but so they don't deserve college football. But I, I, I just, I just think there's a little more nuance to it than the tone. A lot of times to me is the media speaking down toward the people like you guys are idiots and you're not going to figure this out on your own. Well, we don't think everybody. I don't ah, exactly. But I just think that's the tone sometimes is oh, you, you people aren't, aren't smart enough for their own good here. Oh, maybe, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do it. Uh, here's what I was going to ask you, but we'll just do this on camera or on, on, we need to start the summer series. The summer series got delayed because I got the Rona. So how about we do a summer series the middle of this week? Perfect. And then next week I'm going to be on vacation. So we probably will, will not have a Sunday night quarantine podcast. Um, next going to go down to the Lake of the Ozarks. We were debating on if we still wanted to go. Um, but we're, we need to, we need to get the hell out of here. I, I highly recommend if you can stay safe yeah. just for people to get a change of scenery. We need it in this house. <laughs> it was good for us this weekend. It well, really that was, that's, that's great. All right, Bloom. Uh, thanks for your time, but we'll do a, how about we do a first summer series coming up here in a couple nights. I look forward to, I think we got a, a good list of potential topics right. this year. Suit up summer series coming your way later on this week. We'll have episode one. Thank you for listening to the weekly quarantine podcast with Brent Bloom here on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast network.